Welcome to Generations, talking about my sports generations, extra time, and of course, Immaculate Grid for Thursday, the 20th of July. So before we jump right in, there's something that uh, we want to bring up. So this is according to M. Cahill 90 on the threads and the Instagrams at Immaculate Grid. He actually yesterday in the all-star category and 100 RBI or more. So it would have been yesterday's bottom right-hand corner. So that would have been the 19th of July, Wednesday. But he actually chose Jonas Cespedes. So kind of an out there kind of pick. But in 2014, Jonas Cespedes absolutely was an all-star and did have exactly 100 RBI. And interestingly enough, he played for both Oakland and Boston. So both American League teams. And he had 67 RBI with Oakland. And then he had another 33 RBI with Boston after he was traded for a total of 100. So presumably, typically the way the leagues have worked in the past, that counts for 100 because he was in the same league for the entirety of the year. However, MK Hill 90 was not given the square. So this is to Immaculate Grid. Got to get that stuff fixed. You know, if you want people, people to keep playing and you want us to stay engaged, you got to give us the credit where credit is due. So credit to MK Hill 90. Shout out to you. Good luck in the future. Share your grids with us here on Extra Time. But jumping into today, so on the career achievements, the far right-hand side, you have 300-plus average for a career, minimum 3,000-plus plate appearances. And then across the top, you have in the far left, Kansas City Royals, in the middle, New York Mets, and then along the rows to the left, you have in the first row, the San Francisco Giants, the middle row, the Pittsburgh Pirates, and the bottom row being the Cincinnati Reds. So this one was one of the harder ones I can think of so far. I was still able to get them all and get them all without having to get any assistance, but it did take me a while to kind of come up with a handful of them, and we will talk about that here in just a moment. But as we discussed many, many times already before, I really try to knock out the career achievement first. And when you're talking about having Giants in today's grid, it just makes me so happy because I am a shameless Giants fan. And so I'm always trying to pick Giants or make ties with Giants in all of the squares to begin with anyway. So it's just that extra fun. So when we look at 300 plus career hitter, and San Francisco Giants, there are a lot of opportunities here. I think the most famous one or the one most popular is going to be, of course, Willie Mays. And he did lead today so far with 56% of the votes. But as a shameless guy and that 1986 to 1990 teams being my favorite, of course, I got to go with my guy. Will Clark and his career average, of course, is over 300. Former San Francisco Giant started with the Giants rookie in 1986, so he was at seven percent. 
Then when we look at the 300 plus average and the middle with the Pittsburgh Pirates. So the most obvious one here is Roberto Clemente, of course, and uh, he has a well over 300 career average. Unfortunately, of course, his life was cut short and therefore his career doing aid to his native of Puerto Rico. But another interesting one, my friend Tony went super, super old school and he went Honus Wagner, which was, you know, it's, it's it's a great, great answer. And Honus Wagner's career average is well into the 320s. But of course, thinking Giants, I had to go with the mad dog, Bill Madlock. Former second baseman, played a little third base, was part of the We Are Family 1979 Pirates. But he was a Giant that year and moved over to the Pirates in the second half of the year and tore it up. And the 1979 World Series between the We Are Family Pirates and, of course, uh, the Baltimore Orioles. <clears throat> Excuse me. That was, you know, the first World Series that I actually recall watching with my grandfather. And uh, Bill Madlock comes in at 1%. Bill Madlock, for those that don't know, several-time batting champion. And the guy just could rake. Then when we go to the bottom right-hand corner, 300-plus average career and the Cincinnati Reds, I guess you would be remiss if you did not pick the career hits leader, Mr. Pete Rose. But just out of sheer protest, I did not go with Rose, and I went with the mayor, Sean Casey. Sean Casey with an average just over 300 for his career. Of course, started his career with Cincinnati, would spend some time in Detroit. But uh, I went with Sean Casey, and he came in at 5%. And this was not a scarcity score grab by any means. It was really just a protest against Pete Rose. Not that I care about Pete Rose gambling, but uh, I've actually had the opportunity to meet him in person at a signing. And as a kid, he just, you know, you, you it's, don't, don't meet your heroes, kids. That's what it is. And I'm not saying that Pete Rose was my hero. Um, but of course, he was a big guy, big baseball guy, and we watched him on the baseball bunch. And I recall him talking about, you know, how to learn how to hit switch hitter. And on the baseball bunch, he actually signed his name identically, both left-handed and right-handed on the television show on the baseball bunch. And, you know, don't meet your heroes. So just out of protest, I did not go with Rose, and I went a little deeper with Mr. Sean Casey. So let's just go to the top. Top left-hand corner, Kansas City and San Francisco. The top vote-getters were uh, Mr. Coito. So he was a Giants, of course. Uh, you know, the teams that he played on for the Giants weren't the best. It was just before they went on their run. Um, Coito now is, I don't know, I think he was trying to get in with the Marlins. I don't know if he's actually there or not or if he's still in the minor leagues or where he's at. But uh, he was the number one getter. My buddy, Tony, he actually went with Carlos Beltran. Of course, he started out with Kansas City, spent the random year with the Giants in the second half of the year. But uh, I actually went with one of the mainstays of the Giants during their World Series runs, Mr. Jeremy Affelt. And Jeremy does a lot of color for the Giants today. So Jeremy comes in at 4%. Then when we go to the top middle with the Mets, and the San Francisco Giants, there's actually an old school player that actually just passed away at 91 years old this this week, who was the first 
Giant and Met, but I actually chose Mr. Willie Mays just as a nod to the Say Hey Kid 14%. But we have a current Giant today, Michael Conforto. The Giants signed him as a free agent. He was the top vote getter, but my buddy Tony very astutely goes with the early 2000s masher, the career leader in home runs for second baseman, Mr. Jeff Kent. So we're going to go to the hardest one last. That is the middle left-hand box square with Kansas City and Pittsburgh. But we're going to go to the middle, Pittsburgh and the New York Mets. I mean, July 1st, every year, Bobby Bonilla Day. How can you, how can you miss it? You know, I used to call him Bonan the Barbarian. Of course, that was never his official name, but started out as a pirate and uh, obviously played for the Mets and still being paid by the Mets today. Starlin Marte was the consensus lead for those that picked. And uh, my buddy Tony also picked Bobby Bonilla. The thing that I never understood about Bobby Bonilla, obviously he could mash. He was a big guy, um, played outfield, played a lot of third base. But, I mean, he has several seasons, Pirates and several other teams, where he's playing third base and he had over 30 errors. So the guy's averaging an error about once every five, maybe six games at the most. And so you got to imagine the amount of defensive runs that he gives up. And I always wondered why they didn't just leave him at first or keep him in the outfield, you know, put him in left or maybe right and just minimize his his d- defensive shortcomings. But it's just amazing on how many games he actually played at first base. And he has almost 200 career errors for his entire career. Obviously, he has a few in the outfield, but the majority of them are at the corner infield positions with, you know, a large percentage of them at third base. So I never understood why teams kept trying to shoehorn, shoehorn him at third, even later on in his career. So now let's go to the bottom row in the middle. And I actually went with Mr. Fred Lewis. And you're going to say, what? So with 0.03%, Fred Lewis was both a Met and a Red. So you say, Jonathan, how did you know that? Well, Fred Lewis was originally a giant. And interestingly enough, he is the last giant to hit for the cycle. And Fred Lewis was a promising outfielder, center fielder, very electric, could move just graciously out in the outfield. Um, He had a lot of really great defensive plays out there in the short time that he was with the Giants. But he would get, uh, get let go. He would go to... The Reds spent a season there or two, and then he would finally end up with the Mets before. I'm not even sure if it was injury or, or what it might have been. I mean, he was a decent outfielder. He was originally projected for the Giants to kind of be that second coming, not necessarily of Bonds, but be the next generation of, of outfielders after Bonds retired. And it just didn't work out. But I chose Fred Lewis, and I just went there just because I remember Fred Lewis. I remember that game. In fact, it was against Cincinnati where he had that cycle again there's only been four cycles in the giants history i had to look that one up but he definitely was the last which i do remember my buddy tony actually went with mr franco the closer so that's a pretty astute pick you a lot of us think of him as a you know met i definitely do but i totally forgot that he actually originally was a red so good on tony for for pulling that one and tom Seaver was the top getter 
for the masses, which is another great one. You know, he's Hall of Famer, obviously. So that was a, definitely a good guess. So let's go to the bottom left-hand corner. I struggled with this one, to tell you the truth. Kansas City and Cincinnati, I was trying to think, you know, who who could I come up with that would have a tie with the Giants, with both? Couldn't really get there. So I just had to go with the current obvious guess, which was Araldus Chapman. That was also the number one by the masses. 29% for Araldus Chapman. Um, I don't even think he's on the Royals. I want to say that he traded or let go. Um, I thought I saw in the news recently that he's somewhere else. So I'm not even 100% sure that he was even on the Royals any longer. But I know he was at the on the Royals at the beginning of the year. But uh, that's I had to kind of just try to go the easy button there. I couldn't come up with anything else. But my friend Tony just knocked this one out of the park with Reggie Sanders. And I definitely remember Reggie with the Reds. I totally forgot that he was actually a Royal. But Reggie Sanders was also a Giant. So great move on Tony. I could have pulled the Giant one out there. And it just didn't work out. I just totally forgot. So good on him. And now this is the one that I struggled with. It took me a few moments, actually a few hours. I had to kind of put it away and come back to it. I was texting my buddy Tony back and forth saying, hey, I got them all except for I'm stuck on Kansas City and Pittsburgh. And as soon as I said it out loud, I was really trying to go through those 85 World Series you know, Royals. Like, wh- who, who was on there? I know there's got to be someone on that team that ended up on the Pirates. And I was going through the pitching staff, Saberhagen, Gubixa, Bud Black, and Danny Jackson. So with 0.2%, Danny Jackson, I pulled that one out. I remember him distinctly on those, you know, since, since our Kansas City teams would go to Cincinnati. I think he would win over 20 games for Cincinnati. And then he would have that uh, rando year with the Pirates. I remember him being with the Pirates, you know, maybe mid to late 90s, something like that. So I pulled out Danny Jackson. So that is my Immaculate Grid for today. And today, Thursday, the 20th of July. Hope you guys are having fun with Immaculate Grid. As everyone should know by now, we post these at 9 p.m. of each day. So that way we're not giving away any spoilers. And the new grid will be up and running. And that's 9 p.m. Pacific time. So for everyone out there, thank you much for listening. This is Jonathan with Generations talking about my sports generations and it is extra time immaculate grid thank you much talk to you later